Glory to God in the highest. Jesus, our Savior, the grace of God with us. What a wonderful piece. Uh, and what a great account we have for us in God's word of himself coming to be among us. Uh, and it's been a great evening so far. I hope you've, you've been uh, moved, in a sense, um, by God as we have been reflecting on these great truths and hearing once again of this wonderful account of the first Christmas, the day that Jesus Christ was born. And as I said, as a church family here, we've been thinking through over the last couple of Sundays, trying to prepare ourselves to worship uh, God for this wonderful occasion. And so I just wanted to share a little bit more from God's word in these three things that we've been thinking about uh, so far. As I said, these, these themes are, are picked up in this little book. If you would like a copy of this book, there's a few f- copies left out in the foyer. Please take one on your way out if you want to find out more about that. Or if you would like a copy of God's Word, please take any of the red hardback ones that you see around you. Or please speak to anyone, uh, maybe someone who invited you if you're a guest with us. Or if you want to find out more about Jesus, please do let us know. We'd love to help you in that. But as I said, we've been thinking about some of the things that we would long for, some of the things we would want for Christmas. Uh, and, and Rico Tyson, his book, thinks of these four themes. All I want for Christmas is hope, peace, purpose, and confidence. And actually, when we look to God's word, what we see there is we find all of those things fully and completely in Jesus Christ. And so rather than having a, a wish list for Christmas, we can have certainty. And tonight we'll think about how we can have confidence in the fact that all we need for Christmas is Jesus. Because all we need for every day is Jesus And so we've seen how Jesus brings us hope because he is the God who saves. He is the God who keeps his promises. He is the God who comes to us. We've seen how Jesus brings peace with God, which therefore can flow into peace with others and peace with ourselves. And this morning we thought about purpose and how the reason why, or the reason for Jesus' coming was to save us from our sins so that we could know him and then live our lives for him. Hope, peace, and purpose. And therefore we can, we can, read God's word, and we can trust in God's word with confidence. And what we see there as we think about confidence, we've thought about these three things already this evening, the plan, we've thought about the participants, and I want to pick up again on purpose, the plan for Christmas, the participants of Christmas, and the purpose for Christmas. And you see, as we we enjoyed earlier with reading those prophecies from Isaiah and Micah, and there are others, of course, God had a plan for Christmas. He, he had promised that a child would be born to you, a child to us, a child is born. And that child would be light which dawned in the world of the, with deep darkness. Not only that, he explained how this child would be born in Bethlehem, as we saw from that reading from Micah. And therefore, Matthew, in Matthew's account, picks up this, uh, this fulfillment of, how, of Jesus coming, how it fulfilled everything in verse 21, sorry, verse 22 of Matthew 1, we read, all this took place so that the... The angel had just spoken to Joseph, had promised that Jesus would come because he would save people from their sins. And then verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through his prophet. And again, he quotes Isaiah from Isaiah 7 to say, The virgin will, give, will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, Jesus' coming was to fulfill what God had already promised. This was God's plan. It might have taken many people, those participants that we thought of, it might have taken them by surprise. It didn't take God by surprise. He had this planned because this was his good salvation plan. So, so if God had a plan for Christmas, how does that give us confidence? And when I say he had a plan for Christmas, I mean the incarnation of Christ. I don't mean 
trees and presents. He had a plan to save his people from their sins. Well, how does that give us confidence? Well, it shows us that Christmas is really about the God who is way beyond our understanding and our comprehension and our limitations. This is a God who for centuries before, indeed from the beginning of time, had planned for this, had planned to send his son because he he foresaw the need for a savior. And so this shows that the, the God who we celebrate at Christmas is actually a God who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, who is creator, who is savior, ultimately. And that's important because as we think about confidence, and as we think particularly about what it is that we might be building our lives upon, then we can, if we choose to build our lives on God, then we can be confident because he is almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, creator, savior. And so we can know true, lasting, and deep confidence, not because situations are working well to our advantage, not because I feel good about myself, not because the markets are stable and things are okay. No, we can have confidence in this life if we build our lives on Jesus because he is the God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, creator, savior, the one who planned to come to us, to save us. And so we can have confidence because of the plan. The second thing I want to consider is how we can have confidence because of the participants that we see in that first Christmas story. See, what I mean here is the people that we've met in our readings, those those individuals or those groups who took part and are recorded in God's word for us. The the unmarried young couple from an obscure town called Nazareth. The, The shepherds in the fields around an even smaller town in Judea called Bethlehem. The the stargazers, the wise men, the magi from the east. Who, who came to disturb the sitting king in Jerusalem. Th- these folks might not make up the cast list if we were to create the, the, the God of the universe coming to the world in human flesh. We, we might not have planned to involve those folks, but that was God's plan. And the reason that those participants give us confidence is that it shows that God's message for, for, God's message for forgiveness is for all people. Indeed, that's what the angels declare to the shepherds, isn't it? In Luke 2, when the angels say to them in their fields, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And so, whatever your history, whatever your life experience to this point, because you're here this evening, you can hear this good news that will cause great joy. And so, regardless of how spectacular you feel, or how perfectly ordinary you feel. God has good news for you, and that news is Jesus. See, the angels go on to say and explain what this good news is. In verse 11 of Luke 2, they say, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This good news is about a Savior. It's about a Messiah. It's about the Lord. And the reason that that is good news is because whether we know it yet or not, we need a Savior. We need to be saved from the sin that keeps us from God's good presence. That God who we were talking about earlier, that all-powerful, all-knowing, good creator, savior. We, we are kept from his presence because of sin. Yet, he sent a savior to save us from that sin. And, and that, that sin, by the way, in contrast to the good news that causes great joy, that, that sin is dreadful news. It's something we all have. That separation that we all have with God in the beginning, it is, it is dreadful because it means that we are, 
are cast from an eternity with that good God into an eternity which the Bible describes as dreadful. But there is good news because there is good news that brings great joy because a savior has been born. And as we've seen, to bring us back to thinking about the participants, see, the good news for this rescue plan is not based on our ability to be good enough to receive that good news. That good news is not just for those who qualify. That good news is not just for those who tick the right social boxes. That good news is not just for the religious or the good living. No, that good news is for all to respond to. See, it's, it's precisely because we could never make ourselves right before God that he sent Jesus. We read in Romans 5, verse 6, you see, at just the right time, when we were powerless, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Then later on in verse 8, we said, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's good news that can bring confidence because of Jesus is coming. Indeed, the, the whole story of the Bible is not a story of how good we can be. It's of how good our God is and how he has provided a savior so that we would know him and know forgiveness from that sin. And so even though we sin against him, he provides a rescue. Even though we don't deserve it, he offers grace and forgiveness. Even though we are very ordinary, he invites us to be his sons and his daughters, to be part of his family for now and for all eternity. And so because Jesus died on the cross to take the penalty of our sin, we can know, we can be participants in what God is doing. We can be members of his family if we respond to his open invitation to come to him for grace and forgiveness, to lay ourselves before him, to say sorry for that sin that keeps us from him, and trust that Jesus has paid the price for it. And that brings us then to the purpose of Christmas. Mentioned it a few times already. We can never tire of this story. You see, as we mentioned even this morning when we celebrated this with the children, the biblical account of Christmas is not just a nice story to be acted out in schools and community centers in the, on, uh, in the late December time. It's not just an excuse to eat an obscene amount of chocolate, although that happens. No, Christmas is... is is the good news of Jesus coming to earth to save us from our sins. That is why we celebrate. And that good news demands a response. That, that good news is there. Thank you for being here tonight because you've heard it. And, and because it is such good news, it demands a response. And we saw from both the shepherds and the wise men that they respond. The shepherds, did you notice in, in Luke 2, they go back to their fields glorifying and praising God for all that they've seen. The shepherds were transformed. The Magi, when they come before Jesus, they bow down and worship him. They give him expensive, costly gifts. You see, both the shepherds and the wise men, they're transformed by this good news, this baby who's been born. They devoted their lives to him. They gave him the highest priority in their lives. He was then in the driving seat of how they would live. Uh, and, and the same is asked for us. Now, regardless of how many times we may have heard this Christmas story, regardless of how many times we might have sung the carols, the invitation from God tonight is to come to him, to recognize that you need his help to rescue you from your sin, to thank him that he's provided all the help that's needed to do just that, and therefore worship him with your whole life. Turn from sin, turn to him, and live life 
in a way that pleases him, allowing him to guide you and teach you as you walk with him. That's what it means to follow Jesus. And that's what Christmas is all about. That's the purpose of why he came, so that we would know forgiveness and therefore be able to know him for this life and for all eternity. Isn't that good news? That is why we can have confidence at Christmas, not because we develop it ourselves, no, because God had a great plan to save us. That God uses people that we might not choose, but thank goodness he does, because then he invites all of us to come. And the reason why we celebrate any of this is because he came to save. And that is good news for us, not just for Christmas, but for all of our lives and indeed all of eternity. And so our prayer is, that you would know this story, not just, as we said this morning, not just as a story to hear or listen to, but know it as your story, that God has gripped your heart, that God has saved you from your sin, that you are living your life for him. And we pray that that would be the case. And if, if we can help in any way, or if you've got any questions about any of that, please speak to one of us or someone who brought you this evening. That would be wonderful.